0: Well, hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dell and Emerson show. Straight talk. Real gay. Off oh, festive Halloween spooky Friday. I know,
1: and you're dressed up and I'm not dressed up. Maybe maybe should I just put on a mask? Is that yes.
0: My- oh, yes, that's festive. You can tell how committed I am to this holiday because I just feel like I look absolutely terrible and orange but I wore it anyway because Scott Nevins had this shirt that didn't fit him. And so I'm in the mood. It fits, Emerson. it fits you very nicely. Yeah, the shoulders, I just don't like my coloring in orange. I've always avoided, avoided it. But you know, I love nothing more than committing to a Halloween costume. So this is mine, one for the show. All right, well I'm gonna pop a Red Bull and listen
1: to oh, do the show, I'm excited about this show.
0: How are you on this Friday, y'all? Wait, Fred. Before you tell us, y'all, we're very excited. We have a very special guest joining us in the middle of the show. Jane George is running for the Tennessee State Senate, uh, and she's going to come in and talk with a little bit with us. I'm so
1: excited because there's some history with me and Jane George. Uh, talk about career path changes. Jane George was an actress. She was a mom at the school that my girls went to. I found out she was an actress. She stepped in and did many shows as Bitsy May Harling in the original production of Sorted Lives. She was that crazy woman with all the band-aids on her um, on her fingers playing the accordion in, uh, in Sorted Lives, the movie. And then she kind of left and became a chiropractor, a doctor. And now she's running for Senate and I adore her and she speaks our language politically and we are gonna have a great chat with her.
0: Oh, uh, yay. Uh, well, how are you on this Friday? It's the last day of school in Louisiana. It's
1: the last day of my school. The The kids continue, but they're getting me. Yeah. They're getting shed. Did, did your family ever say they're getting shed of him? They got shed of him.
0: Oh, no, did I'm you, not familiar with that one. Yeah,
1: they're getting shed of me tonight. Uh, I have a, I really have to get up at 5 tomorrow morning. will be on the road at 5.30 to make a flight out of Alexandria. I will be back in L.A. at 1.30 tomorrow. I have Woo-hoo. had a, time here. I love this school. these kids it's been uh, it's been so hard you know to watch them um, struggle with uh, not being able to perform. And today we uh, n- my nine playwrights are are literally presenting their 10 minute plays or a piece of a bigger play in the big theater in the 22 seater so all the actors are going to be six feet apart but they get to take their mask off and perform a little bit so that makes me happy and then we we shot our uh, all of our finals last night and they get to watch them tonight in my acting class they're, they're, it's just it was a perfect group of kids just i mean and they are not kids they're really adults i play kids they feel like kids to me but they're they're we they're the few they're our future and they all voted emerson all of them, I asked them. And many of them went against their families and voted Democrat. There was not one Republican vote in, um, in the bunch. Yeah, and and, ne- and finally just went next door to me. I mean, this city is so red. I mean, it is like Trump all over the place. But next door to me is this house of students and they have a Biden 2020 sign in their yard. And it made me so proud. Oh, I love that. Yay. Oh,
0: that's
1: so, wonderful. Yeah, so that that's my, that's my, um, and I didn't, you know, I get, I don't know why I get so emotional talking about that. I just feel like that, you know, so many are going through so much and I, I, I didn't realize how difficult it was for students, you know, especially when you're a senior.
0: Yeah. Well, you think about the challenge of being a student that's a full time job, the crazy, one of the craziest periods of your life. You add the selection. What's happening in our culture? You add the lockdown and the pandemic, and you know the weight of what students are carrying right now um, is far more than uh, many of us experienced at that age. So it's a lot, and it's amazing that they're thriving. And then, and they were very lucky to have you. And of course, you're emotional. You care. That's why you're teaching. It's why you're investing. You learned it from your mama.
1: Yeah, we're talking about actually. We're ta- I'm talking to uh, the administration. I may I may even write a play. That uh-huh. premiere here for the students and I get to and I'm going to come back and, and direct it. That's sort of the, in, in, in the beginning stages of talk.
0: So that's amazing. Yay. Well, it's also as we head into the holiday weekend. Um, hello everybody, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter, say hi, wave, share the broadcast with your friends. I thought we could do a little Halloween chat, keep a lighter, different mood for a moment. Cause you know I love a Halloween costume.
1: Yes, you do. Um,
0: what's one. everybody doing for Halloween? Does anybody have kids? Are you doing trick or treat in the house? You know, it's it's a bit of a challenge uh, this year. I did think for everyone's amusement, um, I have two Halloween costumes for this year. Um, but here's you know a rundown of some of my history. Uh, y'all know I love a wordplay pun. So we did. Jesus, take the wheel, uh, was the one that sort of launched my wordplay nonsense. We had friends in low places, a waste of time, once in a blue moon, a waste of space. And the year we were doing a very sort of wedding, I was real tired, and I just ordered these and went as Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> I remember them all. That was that was my. We have things to do. I'm busy. I can't put together. Where's Kim? Um, Kim one? Oh, wait, I have her separate. I mean, uh, that, cause, that's cause, my favorite. That is because my favorite. the Because the one that suits our show uh, most specifically, that definitely what was the biggest response was the year that, yes, that I did Lil' Kim Davis. Oh, Kim Davis, that bigot clerk. And then Miss Lil' Kim, the amount of time that I spent trying to figure out how to get a fake titty glued to my chest. It's um,
1: just brilliant, and the fact that you got that fabric to match that—that that old bigot, that old—I
0: was proud of finding that skirt.
1: Jane George is gonna like
0: that one. Um, yes, because Lord, I'm sure over where she is, that has been—that was a lot of nonsensory. Um, and then, and then not going anywhere. I've got one for tomorrow. We'll see if all the pieces come together it involves uh, like cutting up a, some wig and some surgery has to happen so oh yeah erica said what about the bible belt i forgot to find that picture i guess it didn't make the montage look erica is like uh she is like a
1: historian of our career uh, Yeah, she knows more than i do about i mean there's a lot of things that i the brains she sent me pictures remember this i go ooh I'm not sure I remember that. I
0: don't think but, I do.
1: But uh, I have to tell you a really cute story. You know our friends Patrick and Kevin and their Yes. Kids? Well, one, they, it was like Batman, they went to school today as Batman and Aurora and uh, poor Patrick had to have a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, of a he had to put his foot down because uh, Aurora felt that tennis shoes were not appropriate for this princess and she wanted to wear her high heels. But I love that they're trick-or-treating in their house. They have a nice big house and they're going to have trick-or-treating behind every door in the house.
0: That's hilarious and amazing. I know I've heard people doing like hide and treat, you know, like hiding candy, like sort of like an Easter version. Um, Because it's got to be hard for families with kids. You know, it's such a big, uh, important, like fun, get out and be seen holiday, not just for grown-up homosexuals living reliving their childhoods, um And uh, so I think a lot of families are being really creative to make it work. Yeah. Uh, this weekend. We've been, um, I don't, you know, I don't do horror movies because I don't like jump scares. Um, It terrifies me and not in a fun way, but we've been doing a lot of rewatches of some classics for, for to like feel spooky without getting off the couch. We watch, I watched Poltergeist for the first time. Ooh, that is, I've never cool. seen it. Children of the Corn. Mm. Um, and then a bunch of nonsense. We've watched every vampire movie that, that exists. There's that, there's that yes. gay children uh, or, or like men of the corn hole. Uh, oh, yes. Getting- uh huh. Uh huh. Very good. Very good for the holiday season. It's also, you know, horror movies, having watched way more this year than ever, there's a very like camp queer feeling to a lot of like really good horror. We also watched Elvira. Very important.
1: Yeah. And, seen, and but we rewatched. Our, our- I think Kevin Williamson has done a lot of fun, uh, scary movies like Scream. And I know what you did last summer that uh, have been.
0: Blake had never seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. We watched it the other night. We watched Scream 4 this year. Last year, we we watched the first three. So doing like festive holiday, but not leaving the house. Yeah, I'm doing nothing.
1: I'm doing nothing. Nothing. Uh, I feel like
0: you get to get home and collapse
1: on that couch. I'm going to get on that couch with my three little bitches and I am going to catch up on everything I have missed on my DV, my DVR.
0: So where Erica said our church is doing outside socially distant treats with the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. There you go. Did you wait? Did your church growing up? My first church had we had fall festival not halloween and you could get dressed up to go to the fall festival but you couldn't dress up as a witch or a wizard because that was the, of the devil
1: okay here's a trivia question and you can't answer it emerson what movie or and or play have i written that mentions halloween anybody
0: it takes a second because, you know, we're a, a, a little, they're a little delayed. Um, I'm not sure. I know off the top of my oh head.
1: Oh, my that God. You're going to be so embarrassed. You're going to be so embarrassed. I probably me. won't,
0: but. <laughs>
1: okay. There's an Easter sermon. And don't get oh, of it on Halloween. And you had, that was your cue. Yep. I know. <laughs>
0: that was my line. That was my, it was time for me to cut somebody off in Southern Baptist sissies, y'all. Yes. Um, all right, well, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. Oh, yep, so Brent Sawyer did get it by the time. There we go. And so did Rob. So they definitely knew everybody was there. I love that everybody was there, and I was like, I'm not familiar. I don't know.
1: I, and I like that Erica gave a little attitude. Um, <laughs> Please. Like, obviously. Me.
0: Um, well, looking at I'm Texas. <laughs> Our first story today, it's been a strange time for social workers in Texas. Two weeks ago, the Texas State Board of Social Work Examiners voted unanimously to change its code of conduct to allow allow for discrimination based on gender identity, sexual orientation, and disability. Now, it happened because Governor Abbott's office recommended earlier this month that the board strip these categories from the code of conduct that establishes when a social worker may refuse to serve someone. The reason, his office said, was because this code's non-discrimination protections went beyond protections laid out in state law that governs how and when the state may discipline social workers. So basically, because the state doesn't protect those groups, the Texas State Board of Social Work examiners shouldn't either. Now, they added uh, sexual orientation in 2010 and gender identity in 2012, and then this year he just said, oh, y'all shouldn't do that because we don't. Well, after a big backlash, obviously from lawmakers, advocates, and tons and tons of social workers. They voted unanimously Tuesday to undo the rule change. but they're waiting on a notification, a determination from that bigot, Kim Paxton, I believe, office, uh, but just balkers that they wrote and said, um, y'all are protecting too many people because we don't, so don't protect that many people. And they were like, oh, okay. But it, it, it's always
1: our state and there's always something going on. But uh, I do have to say it thrills me that this morning I heard that more people have voted in Texas already than they did in 2016. Over nine million people have voted in Texas, over seven million people in Florida. And boy, I hope I if, 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 if there was a blue wave in Texas, I would shit and fall back in it. Uh- I mean,
0: correct. I will say now doing my texting every day for the Biden-Harris campaign. Now I'm getting lots of like already voted. This is what I did. This is what I'm doing because we're doing a lot of like, hey, have you voted? Have you talked to your friends? Uh, can you volunteer for us this weekend? Because it's a big, big, big weekend. Um, and people are like, yes, I have, I did it. Thank you so much. So it's going to be interesting to see if there's like what the vote totals end up, if this is more and more and more, more, way more people voting, or if it's way more people voting in advance to avoid like having to be with people on the day. So well, Tuesday yeah. will be interesting to see what it means.
1: I think it's way more people voting. I really do, but I, I we'll, we'll see. But, um, my brother, my brother lives in San Antonio and he is now having to bring his Biden Harris sign into the house every night because it's been stolen so much.
0: So every so yard signs is just so dumb.
1: So see, he, he goes out there and hammers it back in. And uh, this woman stopped by today. She goes, yes. So you, I mean, there was a time nobody was going, yes. you know. That is true. So all right, well, since we got Tennessee on the on the mind today with our, our good friend Jane George, we've got a, a really a, an amazing story. Thank you for this, Emerson. Uh-huh. Uh, you probably don't know him, but uh, Joey Hensley, a Tennessee State Representative Republican, once declared um, he was a family values politician. He sponsored the infamous "Don't Say Gay" bill. I was I remember that well because I went after the others. Uh, uh, sponsor of it, uh, Stacey Camfield, uh, that would have banned teachers from discussing anything related to LGBTQ issues with students, meaning we just don't exist. Mr. Tennessee Williams, what you could not say was a homosexual, according to that bill, it did not pass. That bill died, but this year he sponsored legislation that declares that any individual who did not contribute to the conception of a child, look at that, oh uh, he just looks like a bigot uh that it, it would, would that, that any 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 individual did not contribute the, to the conception of a child would only be able to be a legal guardian by filing a second parent adoption it targets artificial insemination and obviously same-sex couples well uh, he's now been called in front of a medical review board over allegation so that as a small town doctor he was Prescribing opioids for family members, including his nurse, his patient, his lover, and his second cousin. Oh, that, I, uh, that, that's some hyphenate. That is some, yeah. The painkiller prescriptions were revealed in the divorce proceedings when the, the cousin nurse, patient, left her husband for Hensley. Investigators say he wrote the woman at least 47 prescriptions. Only some of them were noted in her medical records. His plea admits he prescribed the medication to relatives, but defense is saying, I'm the only doctor in this town. Uh, The defense says there are not many people in the county who haven't been to see Dr. Hensley. And uh, she was one of them. Half of the county are Hensley's. <laughs> Everyone there knows everybody. And obviously they start marrying relatives. Uh, there were multiple relationships and the phys- physician-patient relationship was only one and somewhat incidental to all the other ones.
2: Ooh,
0: Ooh I do love, love that. Of their four relationships, second cousin, nurse, patient. I forget what the fourth one was already. Girlfriend, girlfriend. Lover. Lover. Uh, lover. That the the doctor patient one was was lesser, was the was the least among these.
1: I bet they were <laughs> prayer partners too. I just have a feeling that they Well, I feel
0: like at least somebody was on their knees.
1: And someone <laughs> else was saying, Oh Jesus, oh Jesus.
0: Oh Jesus, oh God. Oh, Jesus. I mean Hot said, "Baby Pillin." I just enjoyed that so much. You know, he's a family values candidate. What he means is, he's fucking his family. That's a, yes. <laughs> he values his family intimately. Um, um. All right. Well, up in Minnesota, a very sort of strange story. Republicans in Minnesota allegedly paid an organic pot farmer fifteen thousand dollars to run on a third-party ticket against us representative angie craig one of seven out lgbtq reps in the house in order to take votes away from her so that her republican opponent would have a better chance at winning a voicemail that was left back in may by legal marijuana now party candidate adam weeks for a friend says that republicans approached him about running two weeks before the filing deadline to pull votes away he says i swear to god To you, I'm not kidding. This is no joke. They want me to run as a third party liberal candidate, which I'm down. I can play the liberal. You know that. In the message, he said they didn't have any money to run, but the Republicans offered him 15 grand. It's enough to make door knocks with. Well, Weeks voted for Trump in 2016, publicly denied he was running as a spoiler in the election, but state Democrats found 100 social media posts, where Weeks said he supported Republicans and conservatives, calling Democrats socialist scum and decrying fake news. Here's where it gets awkward. Weeks passed away last month of what was ruled an accidental drug overdose, throwing the election into chaos because according to Minnesota state law, if a major party candidate dies within 79 days of an election, a special election must be scheduled. Legal Marijuana Now Party is considered a major party under Minnesota law. So they pushed the election to a special election in February for Angie to be able to hold on to her seat. Well, Democrats are in federal court trying to get it to go forward next week as planned. And in second district, Republican chairman did say that no one in his organization met with weeks, but it's just awkward. Like running a spoiler candidate, maybe, maybe they paid. And then their spoiler candidate died.
1: That's, I, like, I did not see that coming, Emerson. I know. Story and I said, well, there's a twist.
0: It took a turn.
1: Drop dead of a drug overdose. I mean, he was doing more than he was he was probably pilling too. I
0: bet he I bet that he went and see that doctor in Tennessee. I have no idea, but like it probably was like marijuana is hard to, to accomplish that all You're so okay. doing more than the
1: legal marijuana now party. No, you just go to sleep. You just go mm-hmm. to sleep and um no, so all right. Well, in in uh, more bigot news, uh, we got Jerry Falwell back. Oh, Jerry Falwell Jr. is back, and I so sorry I missed it because you know I'm blocked on Twitter, so I did not get to see him tweet about this. But disgraced, I love the way you wrote this. Disgraced bigot, pastor and former head of Liberty University has launched a wrongful termination lawsuit in connection with his firing earlier this year. He received a $10 million severance package, but his complaint says Mr. Falwell has suffered damage to his reputation, damage to his profession, humiliation and anguish, lost business opportunities, and suffered other pecuniary damage. When Falwell, Mr. Falwell and his family became the targets of a malicious smear campaign incited by anti-evangelical forces. Liberty, Liberty University not only accepted the salacious and baseless accusations against the Falwells at face value, but directly participated in the defamation. Now, let's break this down just a little bit because he admitted this shit his wife Becky admitted this shit. She was fucking the pool boy. He was watching her fuck the pool boy. And they, they they did not, you know, they did not, uh, have anybody, uh, Damaged their reputation or 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 their profession. They did it to themselves. It's just so it's just so crazy.
0: I know, like that is so great. Like, oh, you believed all the true news that came out about me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and 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 this ten million is not enough. I need Uh -uh. greedy motherfucker. Okay, so uh, speaking of uh, Franklin Graham is also in the news. He was ready to launch an eight day evangelist tour of the UK, but every single, I'm sorry, I just loved it so much. Every single venue pulled out because of us, y'all, because of his anti-LGBTQ comments, claiming he was denied a platform because of my religious beliefs, the Billy Graham evangel- evangelistic, evangelistic, I can't say that, association, okay, it's just B-G-E-A. The B-G-E-A has launched two lawsuits in retaliation against four venues. Uh, Neil Data of the European Parliamentary Forum for Sexual and Reproductive Rights said to open democracy, B-G-E-A is not just asserting its religious freedom, it is in fact demanding religious impunity for their hate-filled words. Thankfully, no such right to impunity exists, and they should be judged by the words of their leaders that they speak, while others may have the right to decide whether the B-G-E-A is welcome in their community and obviously in the uk they are not welcome. Not welcome. go get out of here you gotta go
0: on and get now uh, Jig said they pulled out like a pool boy on the rhythm method <laughs> i just enjoyed all our bigots are boohoo and they are just so sad that they can't just be bigots anywhere they want to all the time you notice there are a lot of them, a lot of the bigots have just
1: quietened down a little bit during this election. You don't hear them screaming as loudly as they did last time. I feel that a lot of politicians, I tweeted about it this morning. I said, you know, the, don't, don't worry about the polls. What's really indicative that Biden is going to win is how quickly people are jumping off of the Trump train. They're, they're, at least a toe is in the water
0: now. They're about to jump. It definitely feels like also, particularly in the grifter crowd, that a lot of people are pulling back, like scheming and planning of like, what's their next phase going to be if they were on that Trump train uh, and it goes really badly for him? What do they what do they turn their like money making, hat selling, you know, fear mongering agenda towards on November 4th?
1: I heard they turn- I heard that Lindsey Graham applied at Pick-fil-A for an assistant management job.
0: Say, <laughs> so here's hoping by a franchise. The Michael answer. said, what's the difference between evangelicals and porphandelictus? Well, I don't, I don't know, Michael. I don't even know what that second word is. You don't have to spell that out for me. Um, but speaking of, while well, he gets us the, the answer to that joke, speaking of open democracy, they're a media monitoring group. And they just released an incredibly in-depth analysis of 28 right-wing American groups that have spent hundreds of millions of dark money in projects across five continents fighting the rights of LGBT plus people and women since 2008 by pouring money into court cases or fighting for religious beliefs that espouse bigotry. According to this data, they spent almost $90 million in Europe alone since 2007. The Billy Graham Evangelistic Association you just talked about spent $96 million from 2007 to 2014 before making its records private. Other heavy hitters, the Alliance Defending Freedom that we talk a lot about, they often represent the bigot court cases and the American Center for Law and Justice, which now employs our favorite gaslighter, Richard Grinnell. The ACLJ have intervened in around seven cases in Poland, including defense of that government's abortion ban, positions on divorce. And to attack same-sex adoption in austria and defend italy's ban on marriage equality christian group family watch international poured funds into training lawmakers and religious and civil society leaders to oppose lgbt plus rights chiefly inclusive of sex and relationships education across africa other groups work to keep the death penalty against queer people in the continent open democracy stressed that the data is only threadbare Because many U.S. Christian conservative organizations are registered as churches and as a result don't have to disclose funding. Christian-leaning organizations tend to be registered as tax-exempt nonprofits, so are barred from participating in partisan politics. It's not the case for when they put groups together. So it's just a reminder, you know, we've seen this a lot in stories we've done even since our original version of this show, uh, where as... Ground is being lost here in the States as we've made gains in LGBTQ rights and equality in various capacities. Lots of bigoted organizations have turned their focus to Southeastern Europe, to Eastern Europe, to Africa, to places where their money can be influential in stopping or hope turning back the advancement of our rights in countries that are not as far along as we are. So it's just really important to uh, To think about like $280 million. Like that is so much money. Wait, hold on, I have to say that. Rob said, Can you two please read the stories a little slower? I know I have I have it is a problem. I have talked fast my whole life. I think I used to just be afraid that I wasn't gonna get the whole sentence out before I got interrupted as as an awkward adolescent and I speak at a pace. I will try. No, I will I'm sorry, I just Rob, you got got,
1: got, 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 got got got, Listen a little
0: Yeah. Be like turn your turn uh turn your
1: ears up. It's it, hard when I drink a Red Bull. It's hard for me to slow down. I got the pace. I will um, uh, how about this? I will try to enunciate a little better. Uh,
0: the, yes. I will work on articulation, but yes, I'm aware, you know, it's like it's kind of like fast walking, fast talking, iced coffee, those homosexual traits that we were just always in a hurry.
1: Well, also, you you do have those time codes here that we're supposed to be at a certain time. And I'm always like, oh, my God, I'm a little behind. I got to I got to pace
0: this story a little fast. Clip it back up. We have reached the midpoint of our show, y'all. And we do try to bring you an entertaining and informative show. And if you enjoy it and have some money, you want to toss our way to support the effort. Uh, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com it's in the ticker below we appreciate those of you that contribute we do not resent those of you who don't or can't because the whole reason i'm saying this is because lord i need it uh but we are just grateful you all show up and have a good time with us so don't feel obligated or guilty if you can't to our wealthier fans go ahead just go ahead
1: give yeah, it bring it on um um I remember-
0: while we are waiting for our guest to join us, I thought, you know, we've worked really hard and talked a lot about the Senate candidates that we've focused on and the LGBTQ down ballot candidates that we have been supporting. And I thought I would share a sort of recap of where the the 20 candidates we've been supporting are. Um, I looked at just real clear politics. I like their averages of like where the races are. Um, so, on, the, I will we'll go from sort of most likely to least likely. In Arizona, Mark Kelly, Gabbard Gifford's husband, is up 4.4 to take out Martha McSally. So, Arizona yeah. looking very good. In Maine, Sarah Gideon is up four over Susan Collins. Now, y'all, some of these incumbents, you know, I feel like there's a last minute people who show up who just know the name, they're familiar. So, the further ahead in the polls we can get every one of them, the better and more confident they can be. Uh, in Michigan, Gary Peters is up six to hold his seat. That's good, that's an important one. We need to keep keep him seated there. In Iowa, Teresa Greenfield is up just 1.8 to take out Joni Ernst. There's a couple right here in the middle that are real nail bitery. Um, so driving really hard in those states. In North Carolina, Cal Cunningham is now up just over one, just one over Tom Tillis. That lead has shrunk a little bit because he had some like personal drama that came out. Now, I have a question for you. Did you see the clip at least of John Ossoff in Georgia debating uh, Purdue over the weekend? Uh, no, I did not. I mean, you've you had lots of things going on uh, Or the other night. Um, I mean, it was another one of those. It was like the Jamie Harris and Lindsey Graham clip. It's like good challengers who just hold up a mirror to the incumbent on what they're doing. John Ossoff just said, you voted four times to remove protections. Oh, protections. that.
1: It was fantastic.
0: Yes. For people in Georgia, can you tell them why you did? I mean, y'all, he almost won that special election last time. He's down just half a point to take Purdue. And Purdue is scared enough that he canceled their last debate. That clip was so damaging for him uh, that their last debate, he just straight up canceled it. So he is running a little scared. Uh, and that is great and exciting um, in Georgia. And the other one in Georgia, the pastor, Raphael Warnock, uh, he wrote an incredible uh commentary that's on the advocate y'all should go read because you know he's a pastor but he talks a lot about being lgbt affirming in his church and how welcoming they are and he is so close it looks like from to to getting the 50 percent he needs to avoid a runoff in the for the kelly loffler seat um because what's hard about that is there's two republicans that both have a lot of percentage one other democrat and then uh joe joe lieberman's son uh, who was like two or three percent. And if Warnock can pass 50 percent, they don't have to do a runoff. And he's much more likely to win because if they he makes a runoff and the other Republicans all consolidate around the one Republican, it will be harder for him to win uh, the the runoff election. So we really want to push and drive him along over there. Todd said Kelly Loeffler, a criminal, too. I know we did that story about her uh, making money off the pandemic. Um, and then in Montana, Bullock's down three to take out Steve Daines. In the leaning right category, Barbara Bollier's down four in the open contest in Kansas. And MJ Hager's still down seven or eight to Cornyn in Texas. I honestly, as a Texan, feel like it might even be more likely that Biden wins Texas than MJ. But Lord, if we can drive her there, um, yeah. that yeah. really would be amazing.
1: Yeah. Biden won uh texas is certainly going to help her so yeah uh, uh yeah i'm i'm i love her and uh you know just anybody that has some um, some great tattoos and has a great mouth i mean she is i don't mean you know physically i mean she right. is, she it's says that. that I just love. So, yes. uh, so Jane is having problems, technical problems. So I don't, I think we should just continue the no. show. Uh, she's here.
0: Oh, yay. Okay.
1: She told me uh, she had a technical problem.
0: Can you see, not see her down there? Do you not see no, her? I don't think that's a you, uh, well, She you're, is happily waiting in the wings. We'll continue our spotlight because this candidate is busy, y'all. We told you uh, a lot about her but i will give the fun uh bio story as we bring her in knoxville native jane george she's running to represent district six in the tennessee senate she wants to expand medicaid fully fund public schools create a sustainable living wage and believes that social justice reform occurs through policing policy reform yes but also through addressing issues of food deserts education funding access to health care and business building And she is a strong advocate for women's reproductive rights and LGBTQ plus rights. Um, so, without further ado, let's bring our very special guest to the show. Please welcome with us, Jane George.
2: Hello, Jane George. <laughs>
0: hello, hello.
2: I oh, that's my dogs.
0: <laughs> oh, they're joining us as well. I really <laughs> expected you to have the guitar
1: and to lead us in "Ain't oh. It a Bitch."
2: I know. And I'm going to have to move somewhere. I have a house full of people.
0: Well, as you should, it's a busy last minute.
2: It is a busy last minute. And I'm, uh, my dogs bark when there's people everywhere. Okay. Okay. I think we're good. Stay with me, girls. Come on, girls. Okay. So hello. How are you?
1: We're great. And we are so thrilled that you are here with us, but we are also thrilled that you speak our language in Tennessee and I want everybody to know, I had a great conversation with Jane yesterday. She is neck and neck in the polls. And there are lots, I mean, you know, five votes make a difference in Tennessee. And yeah. you get out and vote, y'all, please. If you're in District 6, and tell everybody in Knoxville. Everybody. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so it's a tight race. I'm running against a, di- a dynasty, uh, the Duncan Dynasty. They have been in power here. Since uh, well for over sixty years, so I'm running against Becky Massey. Uh, her her last name maiden name is Duncan, and interestingly enough, she's Senator Massey. But on the campaign trail, she's Becky Duncan Massey. Okay, but, as a reminder. Yes, yeah, just as a little reminder. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're doing a lot of things that are uh, what I consider to be reckless, but are they? They're lining up with the White House right now. And Becky used to be somewhat of a moderate, but she's really gone to the extreme sides of things. Uh, you know, in LGBTQ rights, she believes that uh, um, marriage is only between a man and a woman. She believes that you don't you can refuse. Uh, well, it's a law that if you're in a same-sex marriage, you cannot adopt a child. Uh, you cannot even use an embryo uh, if you wanted to to adopt because that's considered adoption here in Tennessee. Uh, doctors can refuse care to patients. You can um, be in a situation where you walk into a restaurant and they can ask you to leave. And that's legal. So, those are real issues here that uh, it's going to take. It's, I mean, somebody's got to stand up and make changes in that legislation. That's the bottom line. Uh, in women's rights issues, uh, she, she believes that we should have a, a cemetery for the unborn on capital property. Uh, And that uh, women should not have uh, abortion as an option. Um, So she, And and here I'm going to tell you guys something that a lot of people aren't really thinking about. But once the government can force a woman to have a pregnancy, there is little to say that it can stop a woman from having a pregnancy, either through termination or sterilization. Once they have been given through the courts the right to manage a woman's body reproductively, this is the slippery slope that they can go down. So it's those are things that a lot of people are talking about or concerned about, but those are huge concerns of mine. Uh, and I believe I'm an advocate of choice, of course.
0: Yes, of course. And is that what inspired you to run in the first place? Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> well, I was a very political. When I grew up here, uh, I was very involved in politics. I was always president of my class and president of the student body, and I created something called the Senate my senior year in high school. And that's where I wanted people to have real representation instead of it just being arbitrarily who's in your homeroom. And so if you wanted to be a representative, all you had to do was get 30 people to sign, your signature, sign their signature, and then you would have be assigned a homeroom um, teacher for once a month to get together. so you truly were like, you know, back in the days when people were the freaks or the geeks or the band crowd, or they really had a say because their uh, voice wasn't diluted by just you know how they alphabetically ended up in homeroom it was a huge success we had to get it achieved by the administration and the school it was a great success and then after we graduated they went back to the old way so it what i learned from that is that sometimes real representation is a little more work <laughs> yeah. but i believe it's worth it and so so these goals are not new i was in um mock un's as a kid ran in state politics as a kid i was the president of the southeastern uh, part of region of the country for uh, Children's Summer Village, which was a project to teach children about diversity. Uh, we met, it was the first time I ever went to New York City when I was 12. And I was there with kids my age all the way up through high school or so. It's something I've been engaged in from a very early age, always been a political activist and uh, on the streets and fighting. And I was one of the original members of Code Pink in Los Angeles. So Uh, So the idea of being actively engaged is not new. What is new as an adult is that I've this time decided to take a seat and uh, would like to actually get involved in legislation and not just be a voice, but a legislator. So we are going to see what happens. We're going to know on Tuesday, but maybe hopefully it is a very tight race and we may not know um, uh, until Wednesday, but we'll see. We're expecting to to probably know something Tuesday night, and well, if it happens, it's going to be huge.
1: Well, now if- I have to say, yesterday when I I did a little, by one of my little ramblings, and I talked about you on Instagram. <laughs> I had people that said I've already voted for her. I did not know you were gonna, you were friends. I did, I had no idea, and uh, I. It, it takes that. It takes word of mouth. We have to start talking, and it's just like my ex wife Kelly said. You need to. Post about Jane George. You need to donate, and shows that that's that's how this all happens. It's passion, and I love your passion. And I thank you for for running there.
2: Well, thank you. And- I'm excited because listen, well, I want to be a Democrat who doesn't need to raise taxes in order to have a successful economy. I'm interested in legalizing cannabis. I'm interested in bringing renewable resources here because guess what, Dale? It's already happening the part where i live on the on the planet in east tennessee is already becoming a place for climate refugees yeah yeah, people coming here from la people a, a bunch of people one day in my store there were nine people standing around in my store and every single one of them were from la and they didn't know each other well, so, well it's, that's amazing yeah. and
0: and you so there's like a 100 hours left of this campaign like <gasps> that's it um four people you know we're all doing what we can to support the people we uh, admire. What does the like last 100 hours look like for you and your team? You know, where where does the time and the resources, and I wanna tell everybody, Jane's website's in the ticker, www.votejanegeorge.com, go there. Y'all, every candidate can always use money. There is always something they can spend it on at the last minute. You know, if you're in Tennessee and have hours, but what does is, what is this final path look like yeah, for you? Yeah, well, your I team? mean,
2: it, you're right. It's right up to the minute. You know, I was writing commercials, copy for commercials and doing voiceovers yesterday yeah you know, so as money comes in it's like oh we can afford to do another spot let's do it let's get it written let's get it approved let's get it out right so um so yes money is obviously still really important we have uh we're an honest to god grassroots candidacy we do not have any PAC money uh to speak of we don't have any corporate money um we don't have dnc money so, for us to be running the race that we're running, everybody's waking up and saying, Oh my god! And I got a note out of Nashville last week saying, You're the leader of a movement, and I think that that is true. There's a movement going, and it doesn't require money, but it does require people to pay attention. So, what we need is to make sure that if you have voted, you need to be on your social media and calling your friends and asking them if they voted. Here if we, they go. Haven't, yes. we
1: go. Yes, I voted. I voted. Dang. Yeah, I love that. listen here's what we can do here because we have a, a nice group here and you can all your own a lot of you on facebook go to my page you're on it right now go and see jane's uh post that i posted yesterday and i want you to share it and say knoxville yes. folks vote for jane george let's spread this word just get yes. it out just keep that go, that momentum going and right. um,
2: social media cool. shares calling your friends uh, calling people out and making sure that they're voting. That's a big deal here because if every Democrat were to vote, I would win. But yeah. right now, Democrats do not vote as frequently as Republicans historically. So it's not that we're a red state. It's that we're a no voting blue state. So what we're trying to do is motivate those blue voters to get up and get out. And it's been great because the lines have been long. There's so many people, but people are going to the, been going to the polling places and going, I, I'm not going to come back. I'm going to come back. And now people have put it off, and they have one more day, and that's Tuesday. So we got to get people. And the nice thing is, a lot of places here, um, employers will are paying their employees when they go out to vote. They still get paid. They don't have to take time off. Really?
0: That's so, amazing. So,
2: so then get paid to stand in line. But God yes, has, you know what I mean.
0: Yes. Well, uh, we want to say a huge thank you for what you're doing because, you know, we all need to vote and we all need to support and we all need to engage, but there's no stronger engagement than putting your name, your reputation, uh, your life into the race to be the person advocating on behalf of us. The people of Tennessee will be lucky to have you. We thank you for coming to hang out with us. You do. made me so proud, Jane George. I love oh, you. Oh, I
2: love you so much, Delford. It's so good to see you and thank hear your you. voice live and in person. It's so back
1: back nice to, to meet Delford. you. Here. My pleasure. And yeah. your
2: girls, your girls, oh my God.
1: I know, it's, uh, where did the time go? But oh, yes, my I hope we talk on, I hope we talk on Wednesday and I you can know. say congratulations, my love. Yeah, let's
2: talk on Wednesday and you take care of yourselves, each other. Make sure that thank you you. that love light lit in your hearts right now. It's so important. We're all going to need it. It's going to be a big transition no matter what come Wednesday. All yeah. right. The fire burning with lots of love, lots of good energy. Whatever happens, keep the peace, keep the love, stay strong, hold your friends, but stand you there? and resist.
1: She needs to be behind a microphone, y'all. Yes. Jane George, yes. Thank and you bye. so much. Bye. Thank
2: you.
0: Oh, so
1: great. I know, she. I, we, I go so far back. She was always such a delight and always passionate and smart. And, uh, you know, a little
0: quirk, which I love. I just adore her. So. And you know, something I did, you know, and being an out candidate and thinking about running against someone who literally holds beliefs that deny your equality mm-hmm. and having to be mature and responsible and de- debate intellectually. Um, it is so impressive being willing to step up and say, not only will I, I'm going to be the person that makes the change for everyone else. I love that. Um, And then, Just wrapping up quickly on our candidate spotlight, our LGBTQ candidates, Pat Hackett for US House from Indiana, taking on an incumbent with three times the funds. Gina Ortiz Jones in Texas, just one point ahead of her opponent. John Hoadley in Michigan also for the US House, down four. Ann Johnson down in Houston has about the same funds as her opponent. Ricky Hunkera in Florida with a razor thin margin trails his opponent in funding. Uh, Stephanie Byers still in the running to be the first trans rep in the Kansas House, both Brandon Thomas and Tori Harris and also in Tennessee working to be on the House side uh, near Jane. And in Nebraska, Mark Snow is up against the Dem who is lots of family and politics. And Mark would be the first LGBT person of color in the Nebraska House. Y'all, we can't reiterate enough how much for these small campaigns, every contribution matters. You know, they don't get money the way the big ones do. If you want to contribute to that campaign I made for everybody, all of the candidates one last time, uh, I just put it in the chat room uh, because man, that a hundred hours, in a hundred hours, all these people's work is basically done. That's exciting and also crazy.
1: And nerve-wracking. Yes. So, um, all right, good job, Emerson. Thank you again for putting that together. I love it and uh, we will yeah, I cannot wait to see what happens. i, mean, I know I, it. I feel like we're running. We're going to be on pins and needles on Tuesday. All of us. So, all right, we got another uh uh mask hole, an anti-masker. In this episode of uh, MAGA anti-masker, a 16-year-old ended up in a confrontation with a grown man at Walgreens in Scottsdale, Arizona, captured on video by the teen's older brother. The older brother alleges that the man spotted the pair wearing face masks while shopping in Greyhawk Plaza, and he started shouting at him. He goes, "'Why are you even wearing your mask, you fucking liberals?' He answered back, because COVID is a real disease, the 16-year-old, by the way. Uh, The footage shows the man demanding that the teen not tell him what to do before adding, fuck you where you breathe. How's that, pal? Use your fucking head if you don't know how, you little pimply shit. Uh, just, you know, just has a way with words. Uh, a, wall, a Walgreens staffer asked the pair to take it outside, or she would call security, as the team says the man will get arrested for his actions. The man says, arrested for what? Just like a pimple on the left. Someone says something and you don't like it. Is that what this is? He, he then grabs his crotch and yells, go vote for Biden and suck right there um then at the end of the filming you hear uh the either the brother or i think it was the brother who said have a a good day sir but there was also then he said vote for trump you idiot (laughs) Which (laughs) he he was nice and then he had to throw in a little zinger there it's 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 worth watching y'all it's worth watching
0: also i gotta be be—you're like what a bless is bigoted heart but fuck you where you breathe is very funny as a phrase to me that was i, I laughed like i was like i mean i get like yeah yeah that's okay yep. it's a quite a turn on suck my dick is um yes. you're the aggressor i guess uh <laughs> I'm just hilarious at these people. Um, and then just a, a fun little share we shared earlier this year about out actor Javicia Leslie putting on the bat suit as the lead in Batwoman. Now in the third episode, her character Ryan Wilder makes the suit her own, and LGBTQ Nation shared the new bat suit from costume designer Mayamani and created by Ocean Drive Leather. The rig, the wig, created by Janice Workman. Leslie said, I love the fact that Ryan is becoming her own Batwoman. It's her style, her swag and her moment. It was an honor to be able to collaborate with Caroline and Maya. I felt it was important that viewers could tell by the silhouette that Batwoman was a black girl with a form fitting suit and beautiful Afro. We definitely nailed it. And here it is. And she definitely looks fantastic. You know, we talk about representation, like, you know, she's an actress who just wants to do a job but thinking about how important it was to her that the, that the alter ego also be seen as a black woman. Like that's yes. combining your art, your representation, your activism. And she looks God dang amazing.
1: stunning, okay. beautiful. I love the black and red too. Yes. So, okay. And we got my buddy, Johnny Weir's dancing up a storm on dancing with the stars. And I'm going to have to, now I'm going to have to tune in. I'm going to have to start, I'm going to have to catch up when I get back. He performed a Vietnamese waltz as Dracula for villains, uh, right. Uh, the night he, and he turned, uh, talked about being gay, a gay teen and figure skating. He said, I had just turned 16 and I was competing internationally at the Olympic level, an agent approached me with my mom and said, the world is your oyster and we're the agency that can take you to where you wanna be. But he looked at me and my mom and he said, if you work with us and we create this future for you, you can't be gay. I remember going up to our room and my mom just said, we don't need them. You're going to skate really well. You're gonna book the jobs by yourself. I used all that negativity to my advantage and became a national champion. Yes, Tony
0: Deer, love it. It's like, you, you think about like, cause watching his er, those early years and how impressive and iconic his choreography, his costumes, how unabashedly flamboyant he was willing to be. And think about the, you know, hearing those, those stories and people saying uh, those things and like what an iconic figure, indelible mark he left on figure skating with some of those outfits and routines through the years, but being the like young 16 year old on his way to that and choosing with his mother's support to just be like, no, I'm going to be myself and see where it gets me. I love it. Me too. And then y'all, this is just for fun and silly. The spiritual science research foundation, a very, very um, legitimate and well-respected scientific organization. That's not true whose site says they give their readers what they want, which is the real reasons behind the causes of problems in life and the solutions to overcome it. They recently said that the primary catalyst for the coronavirus is powerful negative energies in the spiritual dimension. They also found that the primary catalyst for being LGBT plus is apparently spiritual possession. Y'all, we all have demons. In fact, 85% of gay people are possessed by ghosts. Eighty-five. Oh, and these ghosts make you murderous 100% of the time, among many other sins. Gay ghosts are murderous, say bad words, and enjoy being nude among others. Well, that last one is definitely true for me, and that middle one certainly true for you. The researchers wrote, the main reason behind the gay orientation of some men is that they are possessed by female ghosts, and the female ghost in them is attracted to other men. Similarly, they claim that lesbians have the presence of male ghosts in them. The article explained that the ghost overpowers the person's normal behavior to produce the homosexual attraction. 1% of the time, homosexuality invites the use of bad words. 1%? Other sins related to homosexuality include how 3% of LGBT plus people are in the nude among others, me, and 13% attack somebody. Those LGBT people possessed by ghosts are more susceptible to being influenced by negative energies which give them thoughts, to encourage them to display their homosexuality in a shameless and even aggressive manner. Well, I gotta be honest, I mean, that seems true. It I sure is. display my homosexuality in a shameless and even aggressive manner.
1: Emerson, I, feel I mean, all these years, I thought it was all something
0: else, or I didn't know. It explains so much. It seems right for Halloween that we learned that it's the female ghost in me that's attracted to men and makes me an aggressive homosexual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, gonna- not related to the spooky season the site also has a section called spiritual hairstyles for women bun hairstyles <laughs> are obviously the most spiritually beneficial and you shouldn't get dreadlocks because there is a five percent more chance of being attacked by negative energies than also because racist oh okay. like they just decided that dreadlocks uh, are more negative spiritual like that's just racist this is racist it's, yeah that, that's that's Uh, was stop? Jig said, "I'm possessed by May West." That's a (laughs) that's a good one. I appreciate that. (laughs) The ghost of May West. John said, "So was my female ghost into the devil's corn cob?" (laughs) I mean, like, it really does. I mean, as much as they're cuckoo, uh, I I do feel like it makes sense. Y'all, it's making some sense now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's all I mean, together. I just don't I, I feel like I need a good old southern woman ghost.
0: You do. I mean, I mean, you um, definitely need some Tennessee Williams character that's likely to fall faint on the on the fainting sofa and she lingers on the porch. Maybe the in whoever inspired Blanche in street. Yes. street. That's my Yes. yes. Or
1: Maggie finds Maggie the cat. Yes. Oh yes, very much. Yeah, because you know, she just wants to have a lot of sex. Uh-huh. No, no. Come on, Brig. Come on, fuck me. Um, I mean, I get it. Yeah,
0: very much. Yours is yours is just Maggie. It's just Maggie. <laughs> Maggie. Come on, Brick, please fuck me. Oh, please. Make me feel good. Um, y'all, um, we have a couple minutes. I finished a little early so we could discuss. We were talking too fast. <laughs> um, I know. Sorry, Rob. We just, you know, we get in it. Um Rob said, I need I need an old trail trash lady ghost. <laughs> uh, my boss called me Blanche. Several people asked, Yes, we can go back to our regular showtime once Dell gets home. Um and I feel like next Tuesday we should do our regular four PM Pacific because it will be the last hour before results start coming in and we can all just hang out together and panic. Okay. Uh, Before the don't you? Well, somebody said let's do later in the night. But once the results start coming in, y'all, we're all going to be I can't stressed and watching. But I I think it'll be fun to spend the last hour when there's nothing left we can do about it. Let's just commiserate together. Maybe we'll see if any of our favorites want to come. You know, commiserate.
1: Yeah, I I feel like that no matter what, I will either be drinking to celebrate or drinking to numb the pain. So uh, I don't think I could make sense during the, as, as the results come in. But yeah. uh, but I will be tweeting. I do like to tweet during all of these things. So we will. Um,
0: and somebody said, do it like, no, we could once, we'll recap all of the actual results on the regular Friday show. But I feel like spending that last hour The last for good for bad wherever it's going, we'll just all come hang out at four Pacific, seven Eastern, our normal time because the first results will come in starting at eight o'clock Eastern. You know when the East Coast polls start closing places, so we'll commiserate, we'll hang out, and oh, it's so (laughs) soon. Danielle said she picked
1: up some weed for election night. I get, I get it, Danielle. Share whatever it takes to cope. Share.
0: And y'all, and this is though it is the last hundred hours. If you've got free time this weekend, every campaign you can think of is begging for anyone and everyone to help phone bank. I know we've been all been working for months, but particularly people that are busy, that have busy lives, busy jobs, lower income people, people that work minimum wage jobs, people that have been out essential workers in the pandemic. This last weekend is the reminders calls to everyone to say we know life is busy and life is hard, but your voice matters. It's important make sure that you make time to come out and support your candidates. So if you've got any free time, any last free dollars, find the campaign that you love and sign up two hours somewhere to do something uh, is meaningful. These last days matter more than everything coming up to it. Is anybody we can get out that hasn't been thinking about it is huge.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Emerson, for all of that. Thank you, Jane George, today for being our very special guest. And we will see you on election day.
0: Yes! Everyone have a happy Halloween, however you stay inside. Dress up, put on a wig, celebrate for a minute, give yourself a break and take care of yourself. Travel to California. <laughs> That's
1: right. Get home safely.